0: You are locked on Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Eddie Johnson with one
1: second to go. He's shot it's good. seven of a Detroit basket. What is happening? Welcome to the Lockdown Pistons Podcast, your episode for Monday, March the 29th, and a couple of losses in the last Monday for your boy and his brother. This is your boy, Matt Shook, the host of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast, a sports writer here in Detroit City covering sports gambling for playmichigan.com, a Pistons fan and follower my whole life just like you guys, and a sports newspaper reporter for
0: over a decade as well. And I'm Brother Brian, and I am getting senioritis.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I'm with you right there. Today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the word about the Locked On Pistons podcast. As mentioned, uh, we are stepping down here as the hosts and uh, co-hosts of the Locked On Pistons podcast. In the next couple days, we'll be doing shows on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday And then handing it off, no news to report on who's taking it over. There may be a lull in between the current administration and the next one. Uh, If I knew more, I would tell you, but I don't know more at this point. So let's get on with the Pistons. And, of course, a big win for the Michigan Wolverines on Sunday as well. But the Pistons lost the Nets in a weird one, which we'll get into. And I guess another weird one in Washington on Saturday as well. We've got some thoughts and discussion on a player that was bought out by the Pistons and one who was not yet bought out by the Pistons and uh, how they are looking this past weekend. Of course, Blake Griffin being one of those. And the Pistons back in action tonight, a later one, at Little Caesars Arena as the Toronto Raptors are in town again to get another whooping, presumably, from the Detroit Pistons. We'll break that one down in a little bit later on. But give me a follow on Twitter at Matt, underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore for that. Also the Locked On Pistons Twitter account. And check us out on Facebook at match Shook. Give Brother Brian a follow at bshook12. He will still be on the Twitters. And give uh, Play Michigan a follow as well, play underscore Michigan. Brother Brian, NBA, NCA tournament, a lot of action going on. And uh, USC, Evan Mobley are moving on as well. Jalen Suggs moving on to the Elite Eight. And the Michigan Wolverines, jo- J- J- Jawan Howard, Four Elite Eight appearances in the last seven NCAA tournaments for the program. It's a basketball school in Ann Arbor. That's right.
0: Yeah, and it, it, it's tougher to make the argument against that. I mean, it, it, anybody who's starting to push back on the idea that is uh, that Michigan is a basketball school and not a football school, it's just not subscribing to reality at this point.
1: Yeah, uh, impressive stuff from those guys. And uh, getting it done once again, we'll see how... Tuesday night goes against UCLA, and and fans around here know about that UCLA basketball team and how they've ended the season of the Spartans uh, what, what seems like a long time ago. It was only a, a week-plus ago at the first night of the NCAA tournament, which will continue with games, two more games tonight, and then two more games on Tuesday with the Wolverines and the Bruins taking each other on. But the Pistons were in action. You may have missed it, but Friday night, no NCAA games, so they had kind of center stage at Little Caesars Arena with a familiar foe in town for the Brooklyn Knights, the Pistons, Brooklyn Nets. The, the uh, Pistons couldn't get it done but uh, had a shot at the buzzer to maybe get it done but to just a little late and it didn't fall anyway.
0: Yeah, and this was kind of the quintessential Pistons game this year. Uh, you know, get really, behind yeah. you get behind early, you work your way back hard into the second half and make the game competitive. Uh, Jeremy Grant's your leading scorer. Sadiq Bey hits four three-pointers. Mason Plumley gets a double-double. Uh, the Kind of the story of the game that was a little off-whack was uh, Frank Jackson coming in the fourth quarter, scoring all 14 of his points in the Pistons' comeback effort that you mentioned came up just a little bit late and a little bit short uh, for Detroit on Friday night.
1: Yeah, Corey Joseph got the uh, the ball late, and Dwayne Casey drew it up for him and uh, took it to the hole, and uh, just a little bit late with the shot. didn't fall anyway, but uh, uh, again, a spirited comeback, a fun game. I mean, Blake Griffin was back in town, and uh, James Harden, Oof. more significantly, was in town as well, making his presence felt in Detroit.
0: Making his presence felt in a big, big way, 44-14-8. That's just a stat line that... Not many players in this league can replicate, and it seems James Harden's highest scoring output with the Nets so far this year. But, yeah, uh, he was just unstoppable as he tends to be. DeAndre Jordan threw in 10 points. Uh, Blake Griffin off the bench, 17 points. He also got a little dust-up that cost Isaiah Stewart, Uh, cost the Pistons Isaiah Stewart for about three and a half quarters
1: and we'll talk about Blake's return to Detroit a little bit more later on but yeah fun game interesting game more bad blood I guess than maybe we expected but again we'll get into that later on James Harden James Harden attempted 30 shots including 4 from 11 from the field 12 for 14 from free throw line so 30 30 field goals, 11 three-pointers, and 14 free throws. Nobody on his team attempted 10 field goals or 10 three-pointers or 10 free throws. I mean, he is the usage max right now and just going crazy out there. But Blake with 20 minutes and 17 points scored, so a strong showing for him after a slow start to his time in Brooklyn. But then the Pistons had to get on a plane and get to our nation's capital and looked like a laugher early third quarter but turned into a bit of an interesting one again
0: yeah and this one was you, you could tell the team was gassed there in the first half but they were able to while Wayne Ellington specifically was able to reach into the bag go five of ten shooting uh from deep for 15 points to lead the team in a losing effort and got them back into it uh something of note for Detroit Washington only scored 11 points in the third quarter and that's the lowest amount of points for the Pistons or their opponent in any quarter. That's the least amount of points any team has scored in any Piston game in a quarter this year.
1: Yeah, and it was a laugher. I think it was up to 30 points early in the third, and then they just went on a run in that third quarter, brought it all the way back down to single digits at one point, and uh, just couldn't get over the hump, obviously. And, And Washington made it happen, and Russell Westbrook led the way for them with some big numbers on the stat sheet as
0: well. Yeah, yeah, nineteen points, nine rebounds, and ten assists for a triple double for Russ, which is a. Uh you know, it's just amazing watching that guy play uh, and every time you run into him. And he's constantly, you know, been in the other conference, so we don't get to see him as much as maybe we would like to. But he is just a fun player to watch. And uh, he really showed up for uh, Washington on Saturday night, as did uh, Rahach uh Alex Len, and Bradley Beal all scoring in double digits with Gafford and Nito uh, off the bench. And there was a stretch there where Nito was scoring everything, it seemed like. just Pistons just couldn't stop him.
1: Yeah, and Gafford, I think that was his first game with mm-hmm. the with the Washington Wizards as well. So just showing up and, and playing well for his new team. But you know, if you're rooting for the the tank and the Pistons to do well in draft position, that's a significant loss and in, in the good direction for there. As the uh, the Wizards pick up their 16th win of the year, and then the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves and Houston Rockets played each other a couple times over the weekend. So that's always good when those teams win. Those teams play because someone's going to win and now the Rockets stand the at the uh, the best record of the three teams right now at 13-32. The Pistons a game behind at 12-33, and, and then the uh, Timberwolves a game and a half behind the Pistons at 11-35. So nice and bunched up, that's where you want to be right now, and we'll see how this all shakes down in the future. But Blake Griffin's return to Detroit and Wayne Ellington's hot streak what do those things mean? What what happened? Let's try to sort this out. That's coming up next here on the Lockdown Pistons podcast. But first.
0: Brother Brian here for one of the last times to let you know that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And your Pistons are right back in action tonight at home taking on the Raptors as four-and-a-half point home dogs with a game number at 218 and a half. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Yes!
1: Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast host Peter Bukowski who updates you on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Just another great podcast out there for the Locked On Podcast Network. I was very proud and am very proud to be part of of this group for the last three and a half years. And these guys will continue to do good work across the network. So if there is a lull in the lockdown Pistons podcast, again, I don't have any details on that right now, but it's a, a good time to check out the rest of these podcasts in the network lockdown NBA, lockdown NBA draft, uh, all the other teams out there as well. Just, yeah, uh, a lot of good stuff out there and uh, proud to be a part of it. And, and proud to still feel like I'm part of the, Lockdown Podcast family as well. And uh, just a little breaking news here is it looks like the uh, Michigan game will be the late one on Tuesday against UCLA. So it looks like a late start on Tuesday night. Pistons in town against the Raptors for an 8 o'clock game tonight as well. So lots of basketball ahead this week as the calendar changes to April this week and uh, baseball downtown as well on Thursday afternoon as the Cleveland Indians are in town for opening day in Detroit, hopefully you're one of the lucky few of 8,000 or so that might have some tickets if you're into being in crowds. Right now, here going forward, also wanted to let you guys know, 810-666-1546 is the Google voicemail line. I know brecians out there putting together a message for us for Tuesday. If you got something you want to say about uh, – my presence, Brother Brian's presence, uh, kind words or whatever you got. I'm not trying to fish for compliments or anything like that, but Breeshen's been a, a big part of this show, and uh, we're going to give him a forum. But if I know Andy and Ar- Ann Arbor is out there uh, as a frequent caller. If you want to jump on as well, Doc Joe Brown, uh, the OGs were given a chance to, uh, to say something on Tuesday's show if they'd like. So get that in by... Monday early evening if you want to say something. If not, no worries too. But 810-666-1546 for you guys. But Brother Brian, Friday night was a weird game with the Brooklyn Nets in town. We knew uh, Blake would come in here and uh, he came off the bench and uh, got a nice ovation from those in attendance. They did the the video tribute on the first time out after he was in there and he he kind of waves to the crowd. I haven't seen footage of that. But it sounded like everything was relatively normal as far as – Uh, an important part of a franchise coming back and playing against his old team. But then things got a little bit weird on Friday night.
0: Yeah, they did get a little chippy, uh, specifically between him and Isaiah Stewart right away, which resulted in a flagrant tune and injection for Isaiah Stewart and a technical foul on Blake, as well as they kind of took shots at each other's head and neck area uh, in glancing blows. But... I thought it was kind of telling after the game. Greg Kelser had mentioned to, to Grant Long, you know, how many times did you take it easy on past teams when you came back and played them, and Grant Long's answer was never. So, you know, it's just uh, something like that. You, you want to try to beat, you know, your old teammates, show them that uh, you're still uh, – a, a g- going to be a g- big piece on a on a potentially uh, championship competing team, and uh, Blake was able to do that. He scored you know seventeen off the bench, was a big part of their win, and you know I. I as a Pistons fan, you hate to see it happen against the Pistons, but at the end of the day, I'm rooting for Blake. It ended up as a loss, which the Pistons were looking for. Uh the the Nets got a win without Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving playing, which is probably a, a bonus for them as well. And you know, and Blake showed he's still got a little bit of life in his uh in his body by putting up double digits.
1: Yeah, I don't quite want to be old guy that says they're super way too quick on ejections right now. But if you determine in one action that the guy was uh, embellishing enough to earn a technical foul, then how does the other guy do enough damage to warrant an ejection, I guess would be my question about that. But uh, So a little bit shaky on both sides of it. We know watching Blake Griffin the last few years that he – embellishes calls, he throws his neck back every time he gets contact, and it works a lot of times, right? The refs uh, respect his his status in the NBA, and it's worked. And he's also someone who's, who's physical and will mix things up and will be a little bit of a an a-hole in some of those situations where he's smiling off some of that pushing and whatnot. And I mean, we loved it when, he, when he's on your team. But then it's it's a tough fit on the other side. It was interesting to see like Pistons Twitter kind of – turn on him a little bit during the game. Uh, not completely unexpected in that regard because you can see how he is as a player on the court, and it rubs some fans the wrong way if you're going against him. And uh, and it's nice. He's a very productive player to have in his great days with the Pistons, which weren't too too back, too far away uh, when we think back on it. But uh, as far as some of the Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bay, a lot of people were asking me questions on Saturday, I was out at the Red Wings game. A lot of those reporters were asking what kind of my opinion was about it. Um, you know, was Blake being a little bit weird? Was it was it really amicable if he's got that kind of attitude, chip on his shoulder against it? But I agree with Brian. It's just, I think it's these guys are ultra competitive, hyper competitive, and Blake Griffin's pride is hurt by the fact that. You know the Pistons, one of the worst teams in the league, decided, and and he decided as well. And I think it makes sense for both parties that they are had a separation agreement. But at the same time, he's got to look at that and say, you know, there's going to be a part of him that says, "Man, you guys didn't want me, and, and this is what you guys are." And uh, and yeah, I'm happy to be in Brooklyn. And I'm happy to be competing for a championship. But on the other hand. Uh, you, you basically told me you didn't want me, and I told you that I didn't want to be there, so there's just that competitive fire, and I don't think that's bad or wrong, and, and uh, I'm not really holding either parties uh, that they did anything wrong or, or, or thinking that Troy Weaver was dropping the axe on Griffin or that Griffin – Maybe behind the scenes wanted more out than he thought. I don't think there's anything much to it. And in my opinion, on Blake Griffin as a is a great former Piston. Didn't change from any of this, and I know that people are going to overreact. But to me, it was just competitive basketball and a fun game, and it was a uh, it was kind of surprisingly good entertainment on a Friday night.
0: Well, anytime any organization or employer tells you they'd rather pay you fifty plus million dollars to not <laughs> don't play I few, know it and and rather. Yeah. <laughs> to go play for them. That's not the against, exact
1: terms of you and I leaving <laughs> locked on pistols, right. but it's not
0: that far off. But but not only to not play for them anymore, but to actually go compete against them in the same conference, yeah. uh, it's going to rub somebody uh, that has a competitive fire like Blake Griffin uh, the wrong way. And a little bit of a just a contention, maybe I, I need to be cleared up a little bit on the. The uh, flagrant two and the technical on Blake, I know people were tweeting it about about flopping, but I, I think the ref said flailing technical on Blake. So he got the tech first for flailing and hitting Isaiah Stewart in the head, I think. And then Isaiah kind of reacted. Uh, with a kind of a little bit of a glancing blow to the, the neck area. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure that the technical is for the flopping, more for the flailing before the Isaiah Thomas, or the Isaiah Thomas, the Isaiah Stewart uh, flagrant yeah. too. So uh, maybe I read that wrong, but, um, yeah, you know, somebody who, who's who got the competitive fire of an NBA athlete or a, a, an exceptional NBA athlete, as Blake has been in his career, is going to take uh, exception to anybody saying it's worth yeah, tens of millions of dollars for you to go somewhere else.
1: Yeah, and and the fact that it was Isaiah Stewart and then later with Sadiq Bey where uh, Sadiq got fouled driving by Blake and they called the foul, but then Sadiq kind of goes in after the foul for like the dunk and kind of hangs on the rim a little bit and then they bump each other walking by and Blake kind of acts like he didn't know that Sadiq was right behind him and that he was taken aback by getting bumped. We've seen Blake do that kind of stuff throughout the course. He doesn't have, like, this weird lack of spatial awareness. He is a, an NBA star in, in, in a past life. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think that he – that's just – this is how Blake is. And I don't know that I would enjoy if, – if I was on any kind of level of Blake, if he was, like, playing high school ball at my kind of level, he doesn't seem like a fun guy to want to play against. But, again, he's a great player, and you enjoyed him in his role with the Pistons here. And uh, it's just – he's just kind of one of those prickly guys that gets – under your skin in some ways, I don't think it's a, I, I think it's a, I think it's a respectful showing with Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bay just because he worked with those guys. We know about Sadiq uh, after the draft working with Blake. And then uh, we've heard the stories about Blake showing Isaiah Stewart, some of the, the post type of situations, especially defensively. So I think that while I don't think there's bad blood there either, it just seems like, you know, I'm not going to let you young guys, uh, Show me up. In fact, if anything, I'm going to try to show you up a little bit. And uh, I'm still the guy. I'm still the veteran. I'm still the uh, the former All-Star and the hopefully Hall of Famer for his part, too. And uh, you guys are going to have to earn your way in this league. And it just seemed kind of natural to me. Um, so read into it what you will, but we're not going to get too fired up about it here on Locked on Pistons. But the other kind of interesting semi-related storyline from the weekend is from the trade deadline Thursday, we know DeLon Wright got shipped out to the Sacramento Kings, Corey Joseph in, and a couple second-round picks as well. But the more anticipated move was that Wayne Ellington might get moved for a second-round pick. That didn't happen. And then the question obviously becomes, will he stay with this team? We see LaMarcus Aldridge. We see Andre Drummond getting bought out and moved on to other teams Wayne Ellington presumably could help out any team in the playoffs and beyond, uh, but he doesn't get moved, and it sounds like from Omari Sankofa's reporting from the Detroit Free Press that the Pistons don't plan on buying out Wayne Ellington, and then he goes out and claws this team back on Saturday to a respectable level, the point where they had a chance to make another run and maybe get the lead against the Washington Wizards, Uh, a must-lose game in some regards, although we know that the team is out there trying to win, and Dwayne Casey's trying to win uh, for the most part, although maybe who knows what's going on behind the scenes in some of these things. Brian, what do you think about the decision for now to keep Wayne Ellington and the idea of him with Zvima Kailuk also being shipped out for Diallo, the idea that he's the shooter and he's the one guy and it seems like he's going to be with this team despite the fact that maybe some losses might help
0: the rest of the way. Well, I think overall the picture of you know keeping Wayne, assuming that there were at least some offers made to him, uh, again, it kind of reinforces to me that Troy Weaver isn't out here just looking to stockpile picks at any cost. He's, he's looking at value at this point, especially for the guys that he's brought in, which is now everybody but Seku at this point. But I, I think it's great to see that our GM isn't just on some, you know, um, one-track mind of just getting draft picks and actually looking at the value that somebody can bring to the organization you're right he's the only uh perimeter you know perimeter threat that teams necessarily have to worry about on this Pistons team night in night out and that's going to provide a little bit of spacing for these rookies to work and I think that's important for them uh and as far as buying him out you know they signed him this off season, which is, I think, different than some of the other examples you gave about players who are being bought out. These are guys who've been on large contracts for years, uh, where Wayne, that isn't the case with Wayne. So it's not like there's a huge financial liability there that the other guys might have on the salary cap. So... I like having Wayne around. It's a veteran presence around some of these young guys. And especially with Killian, hopefully, knock on wood, coming back here shortly. Wayne Ellington's presence not only in the locker room and as a a mentorship type role, but also in a basketball role of being able to space the floor a little bit more and give uh, Killian and these other guys maybe a little bit more room to operate.
1: Yeah, the court would get very crowded without Wayne Ellington shooting right now. Um, I don't have an issue with it either. I guess if, if if I had to, you might consider the buyout. But that would only be if you need the roster spot. If there's someone out there and now Terrence Ferguson gets bought out from the uh, or gets waived by the New York Knicks, he's out there as a former uh, draftee of Troy Weaver as well. That's another one to watch out there. And also, we don't know what's really going on behind the scenes. Like it, it, It's entirely possible that Wayne Ellington – and his agent are fielding back-channel offers from teams out there or trying to field back-channel offers and hearing what teams might be interested. And then uh, Troy Weaver, as he has shown, is kind of a player-friendly general manager. So at some point, if Wayne says, okay, uh, Miami, my old team, maybe the L.A. Lakers or Brooklyn, or maybe they're trying to figure out the Drummond and Aldridge situation and whoever loses out on one of those guys – and, uh, you know, Drummond going to the Lakers and, and Aldridge going to the Nets as well. Uh, maybe there were other teams that thought they might get them and they might have now roster spots available. There is some time you can still get on the playoff roster. I think it's another few more days for Ellington to uh, to decide his future. So it might be up to Wayne Ellington. Hey, do you want to stay in Detroit? Are you comfortable here? Um, or would you rather go play with one of these teams that still wants you there? So I think the ball is still up, up in the air in some ways wouldn't be surprised if he still gets bought out and eventually ends up on another team. Also wouldn't be surprised if he if he stays here the rest of the year. And I think there is, like Brian said, there is value with him being here. It, it's just, I mean, can you imagine what the three-point numbers would look like for this team without Wayne Ellington? And I know that there's some value in missing and losing and all that, and I'm all for that. But the Killian Hayes story, really making good evaluations of what your point guards are and having enough an depth at shooting guard. we got Diallo who's coming off of an injury still. He didn't play in the second of a back-to-back on Saturday, so we'll see what his availability looks like going forward. It's nice to be able to eat those minutes up, have a professional, have him in the locker room, and have a guy who's uh, playing for his the rest of his career. He's trying to put the best foot forward to maybe get another contract next year, whether it's here in Detroit or another place going forward too. So, again... Do we quibble and do we want to say bring the more young guys out there? Look, the rest of the year, young guys are going to get plenty of minutes. The Pistons are not going to win a lot of games. If there's one game that Ellington wins you and it ends up costing you a spot in the draft because of it, then uh, you're just going to have to deal with it as the fan base and as podcasts and whatever going forward. But uh, there's value for him being around, and uh, we'll see how it all shakes down because things could change here in this next week or so. But coming up next... The Toronto Raptors coming back to Detroit for their whooping. Again, the Pistons own the Raptors, and Brother Brian's going to tell us about the new-look Raptors who lost a guy who's been killing the Pistons. He is no more with the team, so who's left and what could Pistons fans expect tonight as Toronto visits? That's coming up next here on the Lockdown Pistons podcast, which is a proud member of the Lockdown Network, your team, every day. But first, we've been telling you about Bilt Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Bilt Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup to get into the flavorful four is caramel brownie, Taking on coconut brownie chunk, two of the best. But I'm gonna go with caramel brownie. That's just two good flavors melded together for great deliciousness. We got Adam, our guy, was happy to get the built bars in the mail, and uh, we appreciate him listening and all you guys. We that was a contest that we ran from picking the January record of the Pistons, and uh, Adam won that and won the drawing as well. So we shipped him out some built bars on our dime. So we appreciate him and all you guys and you. Trying out Built Bars if you haven't done it yet, you need to do it. Use the promo codes that supports the network, supports the show, and uh, these guys have been a big part of what we've been doing on the network, and uh, you guys have been a big part also. So why don't we just marry those two, and you could become a Built Bar customer of your own? It's good stuff. I defy you to find someone who's had Built Bars and haven't enjoyed them. Go to BuiltBar.com. Or to bar underscore built on Twitter to put your ring in the vote in the hat for caramel brownie against coconut brownie chunk. And remember to use promo code locked15 to get 15% off your next order. That is locked15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. And I got to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They get everything you need from engine to control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet for your ride. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, it's those prices at rockauto.com. They're always reliably low, and the same for the pros as the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, (laughs) rockauto.com. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Lockdown NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Lockdown NBA Draft. Matt Shook here with Brother Brian on a Monday, talking about the Detroit Pistons dropping a couple of games over the weekend and back in action tonight on Monday night, 8 p.m., for a tip at Little Caesars Arena against the Toronto Raptors who I believe are the only team that the Pistons have beaten multiple times and not lost to them like uh, I know they they're two and one against Boston mm-hmm. but they lost one of those so I, I might I think I'm correct in mm-hmm. saying the only team that they're undefeated with more than one win against this year. So that's great. Got that going for them.
0: Right, and they're hitting them at the right time again because the Raptors have lost 11 of their last 12, including two of those losses to the Pistons, uh, and lost just last night to an old friend that they traded away, Norman Powell and the uh, Portland Trail Blazers, in a game where Kyle Lowry was a late scratch uh, because of right foot soreness. So uh, Pascal Siakam and Fred VanVleet had to lead the way uh, in scoring in their losing effort at Portland. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, Kyle Lowry uh, is able to come back for the back end of this back-to-back because Detroit is starting a four-game homestand looking for a season sweep against the 18-28 and 28 Toronto Raptors.
1: Yeah, we've talked about Toronto's season kind of teetering a little bit, and of course the Pistons have their second-round pick. And the, the worse that the Raptors do, the better for business for the Detroit Pistons. But Masayu Ujiri has kind of been rumored to want to revamp this thing. The way that the deadline day was going with the clearing out of roster spots and getting a little bit of assets for Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas and then the trade of Norman Powell to Portland for Gary Trent and Rodney Hood as well. It seemed like that maybe they were clearing the decks for a Kyle Lowry trade with more Players coming over from Miami or Philadelphia or whoever it was, that trade didn't happen. Maybe there was a time during the day that they thought the offers would come and the trade might happen. Maybe Lowry made a a last-minute decision to say he'd rather stay. We don't know what happened behind the scenes. Taking what they did do at face value is a little bit strange because going from Norman Powell to Gary Trent makes your team worse this year. Getting rid of a couple of role guys and Terrence Davis – and Matt Thomas makes your team worse as well, but not in a huge way. Gary Trent's a younger guy than Norman Powell. Gary Trent's going to command a contract this offseason, but it's not going to be anywhere near the contract that Norman Powell's going to command as a free agent, assuming he ditches his player option too. So a lot of moving parts with this Toronto team right now. But at the end of the day, like Brian said, 11-12, to they are not playing well right now. This is an opportunity for the Pistons to get a win, for better or worse. And they're coming in hobbled. They've got uh, their injury situations too. So we could be seeing the Pistons get a sweep against a team that won the championship not too long ago.
0: And on the game on March 2nd, where they played at Tampa, uh, Detroit... Uh, covered seven and a half points and they went over the game number of 211 and a half. Uh, Then, just a couple of weeks later, on March 17th, in a game at Little Caesars Arena, Detroit covered six and a half points and went over the game number of 218. And for tonight's game, the spread is down to four and a half with a game number of 218 and a half. So, do with that information what you will. The game will tip off a little bit later than usual at eight o'clock tonight. Uh, on Fox Sports Detroit and ninety seven point one, the ticket.
1: It's probably going to be the last game on Fox Sports Detroit as well as they are switching to Bally Sports. I believe on mm. Wednesday in time for the next Pistons game as well.
0: The the Wednesday game will actually tip off as Fox Sports Detroit on the March oh. thirty first, and oh. it'll switch over the uh, day after that, I believe.
1: Yeah, so the, the Tigers' the opener being the first Bally Sports Detroit. Extravaganza. But, yeah, I love OG on so I could see him in a Pistons uniform someday. Some good players to watch. Former Piston Aaron Baines as well, and Stanley Johnson awesome. as well coming to town. And we'll see how – you know, Dwayne Casey versus the Raptors is always a thing. We know that when the Raptors come to town, and there are fans allowed, and there's 750 or so right now, the Canada comes – Correct, but this is not the same Raptors team that they're as excited about, and you can't cross the border either. So uh, you would this might be the rare Pistons home game against the Raptors where there's actually more Pistons fans than Raptors fans in attendance. So a lot of subplots to watch, and we'll see if the Pistons are able to get a season sweep or if you're like me and maybe hoping that they don't and uh, and get a loss here, probably another competitive loss. That's what we've come to expect and what we've come to appreciate of this Pistons team, and uh, we'll see how it all shakes out tonight in a late one, 8 o'clock, and we'll have a reaction for you guys tomorrow here on Lockdown Pistons. But that wraps up this edition of the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Hollinger and Duncan. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.